for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. We want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care, provides trustworthy kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. I am so excited about today's show, and my brain has been in a fog. That happens sometimes when I know I'm about to interview a powerful guest. So welcome with me, my my new hero. Her name is Rosie McKinney. Rosie, welcome to the show. Hey, Kathy. It's great to be here with you. I just love this. You've got, is that an Australian accent? Close. It's British. British. And I've got a Texas accent, so anybody listening is probably just loving the accent. Aww. Rosie, we have, first of all, I'm going to be shamelessly promoting your book, Fight for Love, by Rosie McKinney. The foreword is by Josh McDowell, if you're familiar with his work. Rosie is a writer, speaker, podcaster who 10 years ago entered the fight against her husband's compulsive porn use. Rosie has been bold and relentless in reaching other wives struggling with, I love this phrase, by the way, porn invaded marriages. And now there's this huge ministry across California in uh, the central coast of California that her husband, Mark, is a certified sexual addiction therapist these days. And Rosie is the founder of Fight for Love Ministry, and that matters. And as we begin to talk, my listening and reading, reading friends, you're going to understand why. So I'm going to give you her address because you're going to want this. It's Fight for Love Ministries. That's plural. Dot org. So please look for her stuff there. You're going to want to know more from Rosie because we're just not going to have enough time. Rosie, I'm going to just dig, jump right into this because last time I did an, a show with Barb and Dave Howe on this very topic of porn, I mean, it was off the shelves. People wanted this information so badly. So I'm going to start with your love story, but I want to read... This is not the love story you expected because you were on your honeymoon and discovered your new darling husband had a porn addiction. So I'm going to read one quote. Here it is from page 110. Marrying a porn addict and finding yourself stranded 6,000 miles away from home without a job, friends, or family was not the route to self-awareness and healing I would have chosen. But as crazy as it sounds, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Okay, you're amazing, Rosie. So tell us, how, how did 
Did you even know that phrase, porn addiction? I think I'd heard of it, but what I'd sort of heard was these, you know, scandalizing stories in the tabloids of celebrities doing, you know, deep and dark things. And so it all seemed a little bit sordid and scary. And I was, it was kind, I was kind of aware of it. Um, But I did know um, from a prior experience, and we can get into this, exactly what compulsive porn use would do to a relationship. Oh, well, you know, what's interesting is we tend to think of it as like people who have time to be celebrities, they might have time for this, but the rest of us have real lives and real jobs. But the truth is really different, isn't it? It totally is, Kathy. It really is. The statistics are staggering. And people often say to me, oh, you're, you're, you're so brave to tackle this topic. And I'm going, if you really sort of... Um, comprehend the statistics and how many people are struggling with this the the only question is why aren't we all talking about this everybody knows somebody who has struggled with this they've either been personally affected in their own relationship or a loved one or a friend or something I I literally have not met a single person who hasn't gone do you know what that was my story or that was my sister's story or my friend's story yeah Oh, yeah. You know, years ago, I watched a really normal Harrison Ford movie that was about the president of the United States. But buried in that, this is like in the 1980s, buried in that there was a sex scene and it was all red lighting. It was almost like a different movie. And at the end, the woman killed the man that she just had sexual intercourse with. And we left that movie and I felt gross. And I told David, this is our culture is in for bad news because they're sandwiching that in the middle of a pretty normal movie to general audiences. It was rated R, but it's still it was kind of like unexpected and out of context. Violence and sex together just buried in a movie like just a quick scene. And I told him, I said, this is not good. This is going to be bad for for our whole culture. I knew it back then. That was in the 80s. Yeah, and look at it now. I mean, I know. Who would ever thought? We didn't even really know what internet was back then. <laughs> yeah, and even just, you know, looking at, at movies, I often say, you know, with an Amazon Prime or like a Netflix original, like, let's count the minutes before we've got our first, you know, violent sexual assault because it's not very long. Isn't that so crazy? Okay, yeah. so... How did you figure out that your husband was doing something like this is not something men do in front of their wives, really, or women do in front of their husbands? It's something that they kind of how did that come up in your conversation or how did you figure it out? Well, I actually knew that he'd struggled with this in the past. He was um, upfront about this and he said this has been um, a struggle in the past. But he, from the way he was talking, this was obviously something that he didn't want. He'd, you know, tried recovery groups in his 20s and he was very much, you know, I, I don't want this and I have worked towards this. So although I knew he'd struggled, I, I was naive. I, I did not realize that it wasn't as simple as wanting to give it up um, because and also the other reason that I was so kind of impressed that he'd come forward and told me this was that in a prior relationship and prior to becoming a Christian, I'd already been in this long-term relationship with an unrepentant porn addict. And so to be with somebody who is totally unrepentant and like this, this isn't even a problem. And if it is, then it's your problem and everybody does it and, you know, blaming me and twisting it back on me and nothing I did worked. So coming out of that very sort of abusive um, gaslighting crazy land to find somebody who yes struggled, struggled with pornography but was open about it and going I've struggled but but didn't really give me any indication that it was a current struggle I was like okay this is going to be fine 
this is going to be this is going to be totally fine you know and you know what's interesting about that is if if that same conversation happened now knowing everything you know you might still have been fooled because um it's really hard to recognize uh, how how devious like how how isolating this addiction is and recurrent like I, I don't know I just think it's interesting that um, it's so uh, like that the enemy Satan has just really it's like he's been planting seeds and now we're we're yeah. knee deep in weeds now it's, well, there, it's just everywhere and, and there are so many layers to why wives don't like ring the alarm bells at the beginning because a the sort of the culture that's telling us hey, pornography is harmless. Actually, it's healthy and beneficial to relationships. This will spice it up. Um, and, it, you know, for women, this is actually liberating and empowering. So we're getting those messages, uh. which are confusing. Um, we're getting messages from the church that no pornography is not okay, but it's kind of inevitable. It's kind of going to be a struggle. It's every man's battle. You know, expecting a porn-free marriage in the 21st century is kind of unrealistic, and it's going to be a struggle in your marriage. You know, you've got to just... Be more sexual, be more graceful, be more forgiving, be more, you know, loving, create this atmosphere whereby he feels loved enough and he won't want to do it, which, you know, unfortunately does not work. So there's there's those, yeah. there's that sort of side of it, which so sort of confusing messages that we don't even realize that porn, that it's something to be um, ejected to. And then there's our own um our own insecurities get in the way. And if someone's either demanding more of us sexually that we are uncomfortable with or they're sexually rejecting us, because that's what a lot of guys do, they actually become sexually avoidant because of porn, we think it's something to do with us. Right. So we, t we take that blame upon ourselves. And then instead of just standing up and going, no, it's not me, it's porn, we go, okay, so it's my fault, so therefore I can fix it. And then we go down this long route of trying to fix it in all these ways, which none of them work. And then there's the added layer, and I just want to put this out there because it's the one that I think gets talked about the least, okay. is the sort of the abuse side of um, pornography yes. addiction. Yes. And, you know, just the lying, the deception, the gaslighting, the manipulation, you know, it's, as you said, it's really hard to recognize what's going on when you're in the middle of it. And it really does feel like crazy land. And that's not to say that all guys are horrendously abusive who are, um, you know, addicted to pornography. Okay. But, oh, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. Okay. I was going to share this. We're going to have two minutes before this, the segment ends. I knew this was going to be a fast. We're doing two podcasts today. I was going to share this on the second podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and read it now and explain quickly. Um, I get personal questions from people all the time now because of what I do. And one of them that I'm going to use in my marriage book, my marriage communication book comes out in early in 2021. Is porn okay? It's not like he's having sex with anyone else, right? And here's what I wrote. Porn's unrelent unrelenting pressure impacts all people in our modern age. Forced to confront this question we can't escape as media sources promote porn, saturating our culture in what can only be described as cruel and unusual punishment. And I am not even prudish. My dad was a gynecologist. I mean, I grew up with a lot of fun stuff, knowing a lot, being very smart about sex in some ways and dumb in others. But anyway, I'm sharing all that to say this. Your book 
I wanted it when I was writing my book. I'm actually going to go back and add quotes. I have 30 seconds. I want to remind you again, you can find Rosie McKinney at fightforloveministries.org or find her book, Fight for Love. And you can find all this with the hyperlinks at Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. Stay with us. We're so glad you're here. We'll be right back after the break. This is Truth with a Texas Twang. Stay with us. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More Truth with a Texas Twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. Boy, I just hate for this to go so fast. I think we're going to call this episode The Big P, Porn Addiction, Fighting for Love, and the other podcast we're going to call Freedom from porn addiction, your kid, porn proofing your kids. I want to tell you that because there's is a pair of them, and I want you to be sure and find both. Um, Rosie, I shared right before the break. My dad was a gynecologist. I had kind of a promiscuous background, but in many ways, my parents did a great job of releasing me from the sort of the Victorian prudish sort of. Um, 
uh, upbringing that they had. So I was, they were pretty open about anything that had to do with real life and science and factual information about our bodies. I, on the other hand, had some promiscuity because of my own issues and ended with an abortion on that segment of my life. So there's a lot about your book that spoke to me in this way. First of all, you address so many of the mythology, the things people that we've been told that people believe. As I was writing my marriage communication book, one of my frustrations was this idea that, you know, nobody is hurt in porn. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Like if it's consult, consult, consenting adults, it's okay. Well, so the frustration for me writing that book was I knew I couldn't write a marriage book without saying something about sex and mar- and porn. It, you know, I was getting these questions about it. Like that's not the only question I had in the book. And uh, sent to me. And so it was really frustrating to me. I couldn't find the right book. I found Dave Howe's book, which is wonderful. It's written for men. If you're interested, you can find his stuff on my website or just find him, H-O-W-E. But um, what I loved about your book from the first pages was you were really serious, like you're a warrior champion woman. Like, do not be fooled. This is really the enemy assaulting marriages and relationships and families. And that's how I feel about porn, too. I want you to know that. And I'm so grateful that you just came right out and said it. Yeah, because the enemy is, you know, he he is confusion. And we are so confused about this issue. And that's what I wanted to write. I wanted to write The Idiot's Guide to Porn Addiction. Um, for women, (laughs) basically, you know, a really quick, easy um, read. And, you know, there are every chapter you can find another book on that chapter, you know, on that information that's in in depth and it's brilliant. Um, But not all of us have got time to go and read a book on brain chemistry or read a book on, you know, the uh, effect of, you know, pornography on relationships or how it's affecting society or or all these different aspects. So what I wanted to do is sort of collate all the information, shove my own experience in, shove the experiences of all the people that we've worked with and basically allow people to learn things the quick way instead of the hard way through experience. That's exactly what I hope my books will be like. Just like, this is what I've learned here's a shortcut. And I felt that way about your book. Every chapter to me was like, why didn't you write a whole book on just this topic? Especially the child proofing at the end. That was your last chapter. And when I got to the last page, I'm in the footnotes going, where's the rest of this book? (laughs) It was such a good one. It was a page turner. So I want to just share that with anybody that's listening that might be thinking about reading this book. It's a quick read. It will not take you long. She does a beautiful, Rosie, did a, you did a beautiful job of building enough personal information in there and also the data and also the resources. So I'm going to go into that more in the other podcast, which we're going to call um, Freedom from Porn Addiction. Uh, porn proofing your kids. But uh, what I want to talk about right now is this is a, this was a terrible moment for you in your marriage. And it wasn't just one moment. It was an ongoing, difficult conversation day after day for many years. But your husband is now a certified sexual addiction therapist. I mean, what a turnaround. 
Yeah, well, if I may just correct you on the chronology of what happened with us was because okay. I because I'd already had this prior experience in a previous relationship, I'd kind of done my years in the trenches already ah. and I'd learned everything the hard way so that when I recognized some of the behavioral signs that come along with porn addiction, like being hypercritical or oversensitive or withdrawing or resentment or anger or, you know, yeah. all these other things, I was like, hang on a minute. I've been here before. I've seen this. I'm putting this together with the porn piece, which I know is an issue now. And I said, enough. I am not doing this again. I am not going round this merry-go-round again. It's not going to happen. So I did early intervention ah. um, inadvertently. And early intervention is exactly the right thing to do, but nobody does it unless they've either read the book, been strengthened, informed, um, you know, supported to do early intervention, or they've learned things the hard way. So that I, I was like, I love it. I mean, that's what I liked about your book. It's like no nonsense. You just tell us straight up. Here's the dumb stuff people say. Here's the truth. Yeah. Here's why you should do this. This works. And you have all this experience of being in all these recovery groups with other women and, and also teaching them and, and speaking. So now you have a great reservoir of wisdom. And we're going to hit on that so much in the next podcast. But um, tell me one thing I didn't want to leave this so in the next podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the porn proof kit I'm putting together for my children. But if you want a marriage kit, you might consider getting this one, Fight for Love. And then when my book comes out, which we don't even know the title of it yet, but it's going to be about marriage communication. These two things are really go together well. And so while I have a chance to ask you this question, I want to ask you this. You learned a ton about yourself and your own codependence and how you got into the situation again. And you learned a ton about, about real intimacy. So talk to us a little bit about that. Would you mind? I'd love to, because this is like the missing piece that people don't realize. What people are wanting to do when they say uh, we want porn about, out of our marriage is that they want the same marriage minus the pornography. And that's the wrong goal. That's the wrong objective, because wow. you're actually what you're aiming for is a new completely new marriage, um, one that's um, now based on intimacy because pornography was never the problem in the first place. This was just a symptom. It was a solution to the deeper problem, which is an intimacy disorder. Ah. So, ah. and the way that you get out of Paul is that your husband learns to develop intimacy through other men, uh, relationships with other men, and then he applies those skills back to you. But you also learn how to develop real, authentic intimacy with other people by telling the truth to other people, to yourself, to your husband. And then you have this completely new relationship. And that's the goal that you're aiming for. So, um, so this, although it seems like the most devastating thing when it happens, like, oh, my goodness, my husband does what? I can't believe this. How am I going to get through this? I'm never going to survive this. The people that I've worked with and the people on my podcast team, we all say this was the, you know, strangely a really wonderful gift because now we have marriages that we didn't even know were possible because we'd never really been this authentic and intimate with anybody. And I really believe this is how God designed marriage to be, you know, metaphorically naked in every way with everything that's going on. And recovery from porn addiction will force you to do that. I love that. And I will tell you, my mother was in Alcoholics uh, Al-Anon, and she used to say it was like it was better than church and like her church. Yeah. <laughs> and I, then yeah. as I... 
as I visited with her a few times and became more interested as I realized some of my own codependency, I started seeing what she was talking about. Like, this is the way community is supposed to be, where people really do share their hurts and also their fears and also their temptations to get help from each other and support each other and love each other unconditionally. So that's the goal for church. It shouldn't just be recovery groups. No, absolutely. And I wanted to share with you that I once went to a retreat, a 12 step retreat, and we sang Amazing Grace. And there wasn't a dry eye. There wasn't a dry eye in the house, you know, because everybody there really understood and got grace. They knew they were sinners. They needed a mighty savior. And so did everybody else in the room. And it's the most beautiful, authentic freedom, which we should be experiencing at church. We don't all weep when we sing Amazing Grace at church. Why not? You know, Well, you know, what's interesting about that in your book, I kept reading it for because you, you interspersed a couple of things in there. One is you gave some really great advice about confession and not like a spiritual word, but like really this is how we open up to each other and share what's real, yeah. authentic. And then you, so that's interspersed throughout the book. That's not just one place where she picks up confession. It becomes a theme in her book. And then the other thing you talked about a lot, and I was like highlighting it like crazy for my my church because we're looking, how do you how do you reach a community all around you that doesn't want to come in the church doors? So I loved what you said about if we would just be real. In fact, I probably pulled that quote. Okay, so I don't usually do this. In fact, I don't I can't remember the last time I dog eared a book. But your <laughs> your book is dog eared. I mean, I, so I can't even find the quote I'm looking for. But at one point, you describe what it would be like if we would be this way at church. Yeah. And if people were to come in and see us just so honest and um, loving and like if we would give up our pretensions and our yeah, like real Christians don't struggle with porn. You really ought to keep that issue hidden is one of the quotes from your book. And like. We say we have faith, but are we acting like we have faith when it comes to porn by hiding in the shadows, refusing to talk about it? We're giving the messages that there are particular, quote, sins that can separate Christians from the love of God. So she she takes up another theme, which is if we want to reach this culture, we need to meet each other where we really are. So we have a minute, 30 seconds left in this podcast. Can you believe it? I want to thank you for sharing your story. We're going to talk more about childproofing uh, your kids, and we may pick that theme up about what our churches should look like on this topic, Rosie, just to let our reading and listening friends know what to expect. So I'm going to read this again. Fight for Love is the name of Rosie's book, Rosie McKinney, and her ministry is called Fight for Love Ministries.org. And you can also find all our stuff on Kathy Craffy. K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E as in Edward.com. And I'll be putting out a blog about the same topic with Rosie and all her highlights and um, hyperlinks. So if you're driving, don't, don't have a wreck. You can just look it up when you get home and find everything you need there. I want to thank you for listening in today. This is an important topic. I hope you will share this broadcast with everybody you know and then buy her book and create your own porn prevention kit. And I just I just want you to know we really appreciate you listening in. If you found this today because you're struggling, I want you to know you're not alone. This is so common and there is help. Truth with a Texas twang. Oh, no.
for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, fiddle. Got it.